Waking Up From Work podcast. My name is Dave Swillam. Let's get ready to hustle. Yo, I'm not saying hey this time to kick it off. Welcome, people, community, back to another episode of the Waking Up From Work podcast. This is your host, Dave Swillam, and today you're going to be listening to episode 29. So we're almost to the big 3-0. I keep skating past that pod burnout that everyone talks about where it is super tiring to keep up with this, even on a bi-weekly basis. God bless those weekly basis people. But I'm still here. I'm still in action. I am still hitting up these Sunday nights before Monday releases and burning it up here, but I'm not burnt out yet. So lots of craziness with me. This week, I am starting to look at going after my second income property, which I'm really excited for. I'm starting to view some places here in New Hampshire, and that should be another journey, which I'm sure I will bring you information on through Instagram at Dave Wake Up if you want to follow any of my renovation or real estate stuff that I'm getting into. It's been quite a blast and I really think it's pretty fun for me at least. Lots of other stuff going for movement, for day job stuff, good and definitely bad, uh, but I will keep you guys on track with that. This episode today is very valuable to me because I'm actually looking into creating a clothing brand that would coincide with the Waking Up From Work podcast as well as my brand Crawlspace Audio and kind of incorporate these far-fetched crazy ideas that I have into a clothing line. So these guys that we're about to talk to today, Sarah and Drustin, created a clothing line, although it is a athletic brand and we'll talk about it more. They talk about the first time that we talk about creating a physical product on the podcast and it's very cool because the capabilities that we have now are so interesting. And they allow you to do these things that you wouldn't even imagine were possible without having a warehouse and equipment and all these other things. Like you don't need it anymore. So if you are interested in creating a physical product and sending it out over the internet to people, this episode is for you. Check it out. Ready to go here, Horizon Active team. Yep. All right. Welcome to the Waking Up From Work podcast. This is episode 29. This is your host, Dave Swillam. We have Ryan out actually at a at Tupelo's and Derry tonight going to see Drew, the comedian, who we're trying really desperately to get on the podcast. So we're kind of a split team tonight, podcasting, Horizon Active, and out actually at events in Derry today. So we're split team right now. But right now I have Horizon Active out of Durham, North Carolina. Formerly, I met Drustin Sabin and Sarah Manzoni at Plymouth State for my undergrad, actually. And so I just met them as friends and people. And I've just kept up with them because they're doing some cool stuff. And they just this week launched Horizon Active, which is a USA made, sustainable made activewear company creating like athletic wear essentially in recycled plastics and things that aren't hurting the world as much, which is super cool. And they, um, 
they just launched this week and we are the first podcast to hang out and talk with them a little bit about their brand. And I'm sure that they're going to tackle a lot of others, but we were there first. Okay. So yes, we, we, we are cutting the story, that. right? So when they are millionaires and they're absolutely crushing it, we were there first. No, <laughs> you know, so welcome guys. Welcome <laughs> to the podcast. Thank you. Thank we're you. so excited because, you know, we had let you know that we wanted to be on your podcast so many months ago. And now right. that we finally got everything to come together, we're here. So it was a chase. Well, I, I talked to Sarah and she was like, this is what's happening in my life. And I was like, all right, you guys need, need to be in my podcast. And I was like, hey, I know that you're in the middle of creating this, but you should be on my podcast to talk <laughs> about it. And they're like, we will, dude, but we're like super busy doing this. And I'm like, hey, you're almost there. You should definitely be on my podcast. And they're like, we will, man. We're doing some shit. We're executing on this right now. And then finally they launched and they're like, all right, we have some room to breathe. We need to hustle a lot to like get this out and like show people this exists. But yeah. now they're like, all right, now we can be on your podcast. And, and, and it's cool to, to get the opportunity. Plus now we can talk about something we've done instead of something we want to do. So that's, yeah. that's cooler, right? I guess so. But like this whole thing's about like the process, you know, yeah. so being in the middle of it. Retrospect now. Um, so for, so for viewers of mine or, or audience that has not heard of the brand, which is super possible because it just launched. Do you guys want to run us through who is Verizon act? Um, Verizon. Holy shit. Who is horizon active? Okay, and how did you guys come to be? Like, what do you guys do, and how did this happen? Yeah, so Horizon Active, well, how it happened. So it came together with some career struggles, and uh, we basically, when one day we decided to start a company, um, we looked into the fashion industry just because we didn't really know what to start at the time. What type of and, career? I don't want to but, break your stride. What type of career struggles are you talking about? Well, I studied, I went to college for marketing and I also studied sales there. But then outside of college, I never found anything in marketing ever. Not anything legit in marketing. It was always like junk marketing job titles. But then when you looked at it deeper, they were never actually marketing tasks or they wanted only people that had done this forever or, you know, a bunch of struggles with that. And sure. so at some point along the road, I got into a sales job, learned a ton of cool things. And when the time came where I was like, okay, well, I've been out of college for like, what was it at the time? Like two years? Yeah, about two years. Yeah, two years. I want to really go back into the marketing field. I really want to get like, you know, take another shot at getting that kind of job. And it didn't work out. And so I was like, you know what? I'm done. <laughs> and yeah. I just want to do my own thing. I just want to actually build something. So <laughs> Justin and I had the same, you know, a lot of the same values and yeah. goals. So we decided to take this on. And then when we looked into what we could do um we thought the fashion industry might be easier to get into at the time okay. and then we thought okay well let's try to narrow it down and we got into thinking about activewear because we had been you know struggling with our own fitness goals and pursuing that kind of 
um, lifelong goal of getting better in your health goals. Sure. So we combined the two and then that's when things really started to get real in terms of we did a ton of research and we found out so many terrible things about the industry. And it was kind of a moment where we were like, okay, so either we have absolutely nothing to do with this because, oh my God, we're still not going to go there kind of thing. Yeah. Or we get into it anyways and we actually do things differently and make a difference. Okay. So that's that's where all of the sustainability and the social aspect of it with having clothes made in the US came from. So that is the very beginning. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So basically you're 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 in the job market and you're like, this isn't what I expected, this isn't what I want. I want to take ownership of it and do my own thing with it. And then you're like, well, based off of my own self the principles that I have that are important to me are fitness and sustainability. And something that I see a need for is, you know, combining both of those and creating a athletic clothing brand, right? Yep. Bringing those in. And then you're looking into it and you're, and you're seeing these things happen. You're like, if we're going to do this, we're definitely going to incorporate this aspect of it because these are the things that bother me about the industry. And these are the things that aren't aligned with the things that are important to me and this is what I need to be in there to be performing in that space in a way that I like. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> crazy. So, you know, you go from getting this education in marketing and sales and working a sales job. How exactly does that come into play with then creating a clothing line? Like, like walk our audience through, cause, cause this is the big thing for us is, yeah. You know, hitting episode 29 of this podcast, we've never talked about creating a physical product. And yeah. what is so fucking cool about our time, guys, is that we live in a time right now, and you guys are probably going to tell me more than this than I know, but mm -hmm. we live in a time right now where you don't need to lease out a 3,000 foot warehouse. Yeah. You don't need to sit there and when you're doing your side hustle, start mailing out shit every single day. We live in a time right now where we can drop ship stuff direct to consumer through multiple channels of dis distribution to people when they're ordering product, they're getting it delivered to them and it's being made somewhere and it's not by you. You're not fulfilling your orders. You're the creator and you're creating these things with a lot of effort. It's still a lot of effort to create that and you're creating these things, but you're not housing all of this inside a lease of a warehouse and you're not shipping this direct out to a consumer. That's never existed before to be able to do that. It's literally yeah. incredible to be able to do that. So do you guys want to walk us through, like, how did you enter this world from this education background into this world of like, you've never done this. And now what are the steps involved in there? If like someone yeah. wants to create this a, and do that, like what happens? There's a lot, but I would say we entered this world pretty blindly at first, not really knowing anything about the industry, like Sarah was saying. Um, but really, you know, the first thing we did is what every person probably our age does when they want to learn something is they went on Google and they started just looking up people that made clothes. Yep. And I tell yeah. people that Google is their mom. Yeah. Like, stop asking your parents for advice because they grew up in a time 
that yeah. some of the things that they think is the way that you do things, mm-hmm. it's not how it's done anymore. Google is so your true. mom, right? And then, and then that your dad so can true. be mom and dad, I guess. Like, I don't know. Like, ask, ask your mom, Google first. Yes. Then yeah. say, based you off of your experience. Yeah. You might regret. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So it all started on Google. Like, I imagine a lot of things do now. And um, we started looking into a lot of different factories that were on there. And there's like this thing called um, like minimum order count. Mm. It's a huge like thing in the industry. So basically you have to buy a certain amount or they won't work with you to sure. start off. And you have to store that and deal with all the bullshit that you were kind of alluding to earlier. And we didn't want to deal with that. So we kept looking into like on demand because we had heard of the term before. Oh yeah. Um, but it kind of, at first it was a little discouraging because on demand is kind of was immediately like being associated with buying some like random product, like overseas. You have no idea who's making it. You have no idea what the quality is really going to be until you get it. And that's so, kind of the case for any way of buying products yeah. as yeah. a company. You kind of you yeah. have that risk um, if you look into buying overseas or even the country. If you don't go actually visit where stuff gets made, you yeah. can get anything. Okay, that is not what you want. Yeah, and you know it also creates like a detachment from the process. Like you're not really going to know what's going on across the world in the factory, like how they actually made your clothes like what they're capable of doing, not capable of doing, that's going to be really hard to do unless you have like millions of dollars to have some guys out there, like doing all the legwork for you. And obviously most people starting out aren't going to have that. And, right. You know, to avoid that, we started basically narrowing down our search. We're like, all right, we want it on demand, but in the USA, you know, one, because of the complications that I mentioned, and then two, because of the ethical, you know, complications that Sarah already alluded to. Sure. And then once we did that, things started coming up. So we did that. We started finding a few options. We got some sample products of theirs and kind of just sifted through, you know, a lot of different um, factories and products until we found one that we felt had hit the standard that was appropriate. Sure. You know, once we did that and we narrowed it down, um, we went out to the factory itself. Cause that was really important to us to have full transparency on how this stuff is made because fortunately just because something is made in the U S doesn't mean it's actually done ethically in the U S. So yeah. it's not just like a thing where it's like, Oh, it's made in you know China. So it's unethical. It's like, no, it, it can be made unethical anywhere. If someone feels like it. Yeah, I mean, um, exactly. So we, it was really important to us to go out there and see the factory, meet the people that were running, you know, the show there. And basically once we did that, we started, you know, this is kind of getting into the next stage of things, I guess, but we started getting more into the design process. And I mean, that is a whole nother thing. I don't know if you want to take over on where you yeah. with that, Sarah, but so like, yeah, it talks a lot right there. So for the audience, like, oh, so you guys know, like, I think I've put it out on the Facebook group before I myself am thinking about creating a clothing line and like keeping it way more basic than these guys where like they are all in and they're going to crush it. I wanted to just be like folded into the waking up from work podcast or crawl space audio or the things that I'm up to 
and just be a part of my life because if you were to talk to my wife, Megan, you would talk to her and ask her how long it took me to get ready to get out of the house. It takes me like an additional 30 minutes and I have zero makeup to put on because (laughs) I'm so effing critical about should I be wearing navy blue or should I be wearing this? And I, I don't know why I I don't know why I'm like that, but like I'm I'm super about it. And so I was like, you know what? I, I like I like fashion. I'm gonna come out with my own own line. And so I wanted I, I heard what these guys were doing and I wanted to cover physical products, but I also wanted to get into like how does one, you know, for me, I don't know if it's the same way for you guys. I've never designed anything like that, but I, I'm very creative and I'm able to create, but yeah. I need people to lean on for their strengths of like this is my vision. This is my idea. And I can tell you everything that I want it to be. And I can, I can mold when you're working with things to say how close you are to what I'm thinking. How do you go from creating this idea in your head and, and working with people to create that? What, what resources did you use to create it? And how did you do that? So basically the design and the manufacturing processes really overlapped on because like Justin was saying, we took a decent amount of time to find a factory and we went into the industry not really knowing much about it. I mean, we know about it as consumers and what people might want or what our needs are. Like you say, like you go out the door and you know that you want to feel confident because you want something that represents you and your identity. So we knew that kind of stuff, obviously, but yeah. We had never worked um, for some fashion, I don't know, whatever, like nothing. Yeah. So basically the way it started is I just started drew- drawing some ideas that I had just, you know, by hand on Sketching. paper. Okay. Yeah. So creatively just drawing things out and um, there was no concept of, you know, like a brand image yet or anything like that. It was just about what could I draw that would exist and wouldn't exist if I didn't put it out there in the world? Because one of the things that we found when we were doing the research and looking for factories is that one of the easy things you can do is you can go to these companies that have minimum orders, um, minimum order quantities, and you can just buy a bunch of stuff in bulk and then you can just customize it. So you can just print something on it, but I mean, that's awesome. It's just, it, they didn't give you that much room to actually build something you wanted or put right. something on there that you could really communicate with them. And, you it's know, like screen printing. It's like you can take, you, there's a million companies out there where you can take a t shirt and then take a logo that I've created. Exactly. And then print it on the t shirt. Yeah. Like anyone in the, the world, can, anyone in the world can go on to customink.com. And take a logo and put it on a shirt. Exactly. And we wanted wanted more than that. We also, uh, as consumers and then bridging into the industry, we we wanted to make something that was not easily replaceable. So like when you go to the mall and stuff is, at least to me, to us, it always felt like stuff is always looking the same across stores. There's not that much of a difference. I mean, the only... Things where you really find a big difference right now are either designer brands, which obviously are like $300 for a shirt. And yeah, yeah okay. I don't know if I actually want to spend that kind of money on that stuff. Definitely Never mind if I me. can. 
Not me. So most people can't anyway. So there's either that or now there are starting to be e-commerce stores where they are putting, you know, some cool prints on them, customizing things in a way that's a little bit more yeah. um, artistic. And so we wanted to go the extra mile and actually not just do, you know, a digital print or something, but create something, some design. So we started from that and then it took a long time to actually during our research on finding a manufacturer, finding one that fit the criteria and also learning with all the conversations on the phone with them about how they would work with us. And so okay. that's how you also find a factory that you can actually build what it is you want to build that you have in your head. Because when we started, we didn't know how, the, how it was going to work. We had no right. idea. So you can, and then looking back, we're like, well, that made sense. We can't, you can't know what you've never done before, but you, you do know your values. So if you stick by those, you can still achieve whatever it is you want. You just need the time to actually explore and learn. So it just took a lot of Googling, a lot of researching, a lot of calling people at these places and understanding how they worked. And then finally, just once we started working with them after meeting them in person, it's um, the tools we used were Illustrator. An illustrator, an illustrator, <laughs> yeah, Adobe Illustrator, and a lot of illustrators. So yeah. over and over again to make okay. sure that our designs were not just hand drawings anymore, but they were digital files and they could be actually printed onto the clothes. Uh, because that's another thing that we can talk about is <clears throat> the way that our art gets put um, gets to be put onto our clothing. It's not with some very long spread of factories and paint buckets or something like that. It's textile uh, digital printing. So they're basically like massive printers, but they're not that massive, but you know, compared to a home paper print uh, printer, they're really big and they just print straight onto the fabric. So it's way more sustainable because of that, because it saves water because you know, there's no paint leaking everywhere, all that kind of stuff. So nice. The process is more about adjusting with what you find and, seeing how you can match it with your values. And then in terms of the skills, you just kind of have to learn as you yeah. go. I mean, I guess from like a, like a starting point, you definitely want to like digitalize whatever drawing you have. Cause that's, yeah. you know, that's not like a technical document really, you know, it's like an idea, right. But you have to start somewhere. So once you have that, then you're going to probably want to, especially if you're starting out, work with a factory that has someone there that can help you get that into more of a technical like format so that it can be printed. Um, I'm kind of avoiding like industry terms here to keep it a little more generic. Um, straightforward. It's straightforward, but you're going to like work with them. Hopefully, you know, if they're a good factory for you and they'll kind of give you pointers on how things should be set up in the files. And it is trial and error too, right? Like yeah. you'll have like your first prototype made, like say you do a drawing, you get it digitalized. You, you have some like measurements in there as well. Um, and then you're like, all right, let's just like see how this looks. And then you, you'll, you'll get the first one and you'll probably be like, all right, so this needs to go to the left, like five inches or so. Like you start to kind of like narrow down the flaws in your technical document. I'll call it um, yeah. like all my tech packs usually, or 
Yeah. There's like a million. Tech um, pack is the term yeah, that, I think that's as you the official term that they. You'll see pack. a lot. And tech it's, pack. Okay. Yeah. And that has like all the measurements and details on like, on everything. Like just if you looked at any piece of clothing and you started measuring all the lengths of everything, that's all in there. Yeah. Um, Exactly. And yeah, so once did you, you do have that, to do things to scale inside that Adobe Illustrator, or did you, yeah. or were you able to work with a design team to like help you do that? So you yeah. the skills yeah, to do okay. that. Yeah, it's kind of both. So when you start out, you don't really obviously you're not like drawing to scale, but when That's you insane, yeah, yeah, once you get the tech pack sorted out, you'll put it more into a pattern they call them, and that's what is actually printed out and cut. Yeah, that is to scale, and that's also usually in you know. There's a bazillion programs that open these. I forget the file extension right now, but it's it's just like an Illustrator file, but to scale, like you just kind yeah. Of alluded to, Basically, so. what you do is you start with your idea, whether it's on paper or if you're like super digital, you can just start on a tablet or Illustrator, just with your computer, whatever it is, and that is just what you think it's going to come out as. And yeah, then vague, once right? that is ready and as precise as it can be, then the patterns that Justin just mentioned, that is just basically a fancy term for pieces of clothing. Yeah. So like if you were to take your, you know, the t-shirt and it has the front piece that is sewn together with the back piece and then the sleeve, each one of those separately before they're assembled and sewn together, they're called patterns. So mm-hmm. those absolutely need to be the scale because that's that's where everything gets you know printed on in whatever technique they use right yeah because like for me on the outside where like i haven't been in this process at all i've only done like band merch where it's it's very simple it's literally screen printing i i have a logo that's generated from someone where i'm working with that creative to create that you know and that's that's part of the process is creating something that's the idea that you have you know, um, but then when it's time to screen print it, I go to a screen printing company and I say, I want this to be a full chest piece yep. and then it's done. Yeah. There's nothing else to it. Whereas like now I'm like just at the very beginning of looking into creating like maybe some like, um, you know, like some patterned like, um, you know, short sleeve shirts for males that have patterns on them. Right. Like but the, graphic, but yeah. The, yeah, graphic, but the pattern would be something that I created. Yep. And that is more complex where it's like, now it's not a screen printed shirt in any way. It's not something exactly. that's just pressed on the shirt. Now it's, that's probably digital where it's like integrated yes. into the shirt. Yep. Correct. That's right? exactly yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. So digital. And then like to create that pattern, I bet you it's less complex than I make it, but you get into like, it sounds like you folks did you worked with your manufacturing facility to go all in with their own in-house design team and, and, and what you were able to do with Adobe Illustrator to work all in one section where I also know people that do some things where they're doing like they're working with freelancers to create designs and then they're approaching. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Know, I mean, it's, yeah. it's up to you, like so, what you want to do. You just either <laughs> yeah. do it yourself or you outsource it and then you work with the factory. Yeah. Right. Yeah thing i would say is that if you do go with a freelancer the only disadvantage and i mean it's not necessarily a disadvantage depending on your relation with that person is that you're not going to be able to prototype it and like fail fast you know because like there's a very slim chance that that first draft of what you did is going to be right like right almost impossible like it's just you don't know an idea and then like 
wearing something like, like, especially for an athletic brand over anything, like with me preparing for this half marathon that I'm doing, there is such a difference between like, there's a million types of shorts out there. (laughs) There's the, there's the shorts that I've had since I was in high school that I've just kept on holding on like a ridiculous, like, (laughs) you know, storage rat. Right. And, And I have those. Right. And then when I'm running, I'm like, this is perfect for the 5Ks that I've run all my life, right? And then when I'm getting to like mile eight or nine, I'm like, this is the worst thing to have on me ever when I'm running for literally, like, say like I'm doing like the half marathon portion, I'm literally running for like two hours straight. And having those Walmart shorts on sucks, right? So like there's a difference between coming up with a design and then putting them on and then like athletic wear, you have people going out running, stinking like 13 miles, 26 miles. Maybe they're biking friggin' 50, 60 miles or they're doing whatever. They're doing crazy stuff in it. There's such a difference between coming up with an idea and then wearing that shit for like how it's actually being used, right? Yeah. Did you yeah, do absolutely. stuff like that where you like, you're like, all right, this is my idea and the stripe is like you know, going across my face right now, but, and I'm also going to run this and like, and you're like, this is not practical. Did you run into stuff like that where you're through the process of the prototypes where you're like, this is not real life yet. You know, I don't think we ran into it. Like at the face of the prototypes, we ran into it more before when we chose what manufacturers to go with, when we were, we were getting samples of things that they do and seeing the quality and, um, that's when we were like, okay, so this yeah. is not going to work. Or this looks like a child's shirt. Instead this of is a made of straw. Shirt, shirt or something. Yeah. yeah. What? What'd you say? This is made of straw. Yeah. That, there's that feeling. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of stuff. So yeah. it's more about at that stage because yeah. once we pick, then. Yeah. You get like a yeah. sense of the, the quality standard of the factory. It can wean out a lot of things like, okay. You get a sample of like, like, yeah, send me some of like your yoga pants and like Sarah goes and squats and it like is falling off. It's like, yeah, or like if you wear it and the stitching (laughs) is not going to work. Yeah. Or like if you wear it the first time and the stitching is just breaking or if they're like super see-through or I don't know, like something like that where you just don't get a good feeling from that. This is not it's a good indication. You, it's like when you buy yeah. something and you take it out of the package and you're like, huh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> or when you buy it and you're, you're just, everything feels right. So it's, it's mostly that yeah, really okay. like at the, at the sample stage. And also like when you're starting out, you're not going to be able to like source every yeah. single piece of fabric that yeah, you want exactly. and like make sure they're using like some specific type of like stitching and all of these things. Like you're going to, they're going to need to like have some of that set up for you, right? Yeah. Like from off the bat. Right. Um, Mainly because so that's kind of, yeah. yeah, the way it works is like we visited the places that make the fabric and all this. Um, but the problem is that these factories that make fabric make yarn and then they make fabric out of that a different place. Um, they're used to working with big companies, yeah. really yeah. big companies. They're used yep. to selling so much. And, thousands and thousands when you're starting out, you can't, either afford or even if you can it doesn't make any sense to just like buy one thing in bulk until like the end of your days because 
and hope that don't you even know it. what's gonna you know what people are gonna gravitate towards yet or you there's so much you don't know that you need to actually make smart financial decisions otherwise you're just gonna think something is the right choice and spend so much money on it and then if it wasn't you're done right and like for a very long time before super you super micro super micro but like back in the day right or like still right now when i'm making band shirts or i'm making band cds or whatever i'm doing for my band right yeah back in the day i was like all right an album's coming out i'm gonna make a hundred of cds i'm gonna make 100 t-shirts i would make whatever it was i'd be like i'm i'm gonna make 100 or whatever i i would just create an amount and then my band broke up and then i had like 75 t-shirts sitting in my attic for four years until i felt like bad enough about myself to throw them out whereas like now i got smarter over time and now i let the demand tell me what to do you know and so like now like i created 25 t-shirts and those sold out quick so i was like shit now i need more t-shirts and if those sold within a week now i need to make 50 so that they last this amount of time and i'm letting demand tell me what to do you're the same way where you don't want to be in a situation where all of a sudden you're like let's make a thousand of these leggings and i'm going to keep them in the second bedroom of my two-bedroom apartment for the next 10 years if someone all of a sudden is like actually instead of leggings i'm going to work out in this like pantsuit or something like you don't know what the trends are going to do you don't know what people are going to do you need to feed like you need to feed what people do you know? The other thing, I mean, there's so many aspects to how much that is inconvenient because, A, um, I mean, bringing it back to our core values, sustainability-wise, that's terrible because, like, basically the companies that try to sell you 100 or 1,000 or 5,000 minimum order quantities or more, yeah, uh, many times more, I mean, they kind of set you up for failure unless you're a big brand. Right. So... Because then you're, you know, if you don't think of finding an alternative solution, because maybe you're doing something smaller, like what you were doing, and uh, you don't want to just figure out the whole fashion industry, you want to do your music business, your band, and uh, you, you just feel like you have to pick a number. And then, you know, back in the day, you picked 100, and now you pick 25 or whatever. But at the same time, you know, when you had those 75 t-shirts that you ended up throwing out is a ton of resources went to waste to make yep. those tons a ton of resources especially went water when right. they were thrown out and god knows where they ended up yep you don't yeah. know yeah 100 percent. i mean and as a customer i don't even know how you could be responsible for where they end up because i mean are you a waste management company like i don't even know how that works you know so it's like we can't all know everything about every industry and that's that's why we decided to make a company and do things in a way that we're like okay well we're gonna know what we need to know about our industry and take care of that ethically and you know minimize damage basically right so yeah that's that's completely true and then um, that's why we sell on demand. We get the customer to buy our product first, and then in two weeks they have it, and there was never any waste ever. Awesome. So that's so that's a portion of the manufacturer that you've chose, yes. where they allow you to make it so that you have orders that are created, and then they fulfill that order, and then to, so carry me through like where are you selling these items at? 
what is the process of fulfillment and what involvement do you have in it? Because that's something that's modern that we've never been able to do before. Back yeah. in the day, you had to do exactly what you're saying where you had to estimate or forecast how yeah. many items I need to have. And then you need to find a place to go store all of that crap and then have someone literally go through and be like, all right, we need 10 mediums going out to Arizona, you know, in the next two weeks. Like what's your process right now? Where can people buy the stuff? Yeah. How, how is an order fulfilled and how is it sent out in a modern way of fulfilling right. those orders? Yeah. So basically um, people just buy on our website and in the short future, they will be able to buy on Instagram or, or our Facebook pages as well. But they just simply buy on our website. And then after they buy, there is a little thing called API, which is a tech term. And then, you know, digital magic does its thing that we set up. And our factory team receives the order, knows what the customer bought, and they start producing it. And because the manufacturing partner we have is more of a tech company, really, than a traditional manufacturer, that's why they are able to have the digital documents that we set up that we talked about earlier with um, the illustrator files and their uh, all the measurements, all the details that are actual tech tech data that the printers can actually analyze and then print on the right scale, the right size, the right everything, and then everything gets assembled and sewn into the factory. So it's, it's then- very easy, really, and then they ship it. That's it. So what actual interfaces are you going through? Like what websites do you use to control these things? Like what is Shopify? Shopify. Yeah. Shopify is the the way we made our store and on the back end of it, that's the way our factory collaborates. Our factory has like their own input from Shopify. Okay. So basically you have a website inside that website. Um, are you hosting through WordPress or no, Wiki? Shopify is like an alternative to WordPress. Yeah. All right. So Shopify has, its, you have your own page hosted through Shopify. Yeah. People make a selection, purchase it through that interface. And then your factory of choice that you have an agreement with gets that input data immediately and yes. then creates that to fulfill that order. Yes. That is Done. correct. 100%. Right? Yes. So you need to keep track of your own books. You need to keep yeah. track of customer relations and you need to keep track of, yeah. you know, what's happening in terms of fulfillment. But, uh, you know, you're not, you have no one in a, a room out back grabbing medium size. You don't have someone like out there, like, you know, Sarah's not running around stitching up the clothing. <laughs> you know, this, is, this is happening online and your job predominantly was design and creation and then making it so people are aware of what that is and it's in front of them. So they know what it is to buy it, but the rest of that is part of this structure that you've created, essentially. Yeah. So it's amazing. That's so cool. That sounds almost like there's less work involved, which there is. But I just want the audience to get the right idea that you know, or yourself, when you get into doing it, these advances in technology, the fact that you can go and open your own website, the fact that you can. contact a factor, even though there are very few, uh, that will work in a more technological 2019 kind of way that ends up being sustainable and all of that. Yep. Um, there have to be not as many choices there. There right? are not many choices, oh no. Uh, yeah. That takes a lot of work because you have to, you know, the work you don't put in into 
doing all those things, like sewing the clothing together yourself or, hey, was that a medium or a small, like that kind of work, you end up putting in into doing your research, finding the right partner, learning how to work with them because that is a process too. I mean, just because you have a factory that works with you, it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to do whatever it is you want. Or do it the way you want it to happen. Yeah, it, you have to right. like find the way to stick to your values that you decided and actually make things happen without compromise, which is, for us, yeah. it's been the hardest part. Because like, yeah, it's just so many times I've encountered people yeah. on the phone that would be like, oh, why do you want the clothes to be made this way? Like, why do you care if it's a little old lady sewing the clothing for you? Like, I literally <laughs> heard that on the phone. Oh, by some no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. By some person. Why do you care if all of our clothes. workers are just sitting in the sewers? The sewers are the best part for us to have our workers in. That's why do you care? What he was saying. <laughs> And he was like, I've been in the industry for 30 years. And I'm like, yeah. You're okay. like, wonderful. So, Great for you. That's 30 years of pure hatred. I am so proud of you. Yeah. Awesome. 30 years of, you know, exploiting people, going without responsibility, socially, sustainably. <laughs> wow. Oh I'm so God. proud. You should totally yeah. just brag about this forever. But yeah. Like, and then oh my God. You're like, let, let me be clear. I'm super proud of you for being in the industry for 30 years. I would like to have it so that people show up to work and aren't like just murdered and (laughs) they just wake up and they go to work (laughs) and they create things and then they survive. And then I would also like it that despite creating things on this planet that, you know, a hundred years past when I'm gone, that other people in the world are allowed to live despite what I've chosen to do. And exactly. that are, those are things that would be like wonderful to have. That and this guy's nice, like, well, listen, I've been in the industry for 30 years. You know, I love murdering things. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's literally like, how you You've done it for 30 years. Doesn't mean like, it's a good thing, man. Like it's kind of like you just start joking about these things to not cry. Cause like at some point when you actually see it, you, like, yeah, did you go? To, did you go to multiple? At some point, did you see it? Stuff. Yeah, because oh, like, oh my god, interviews of these people, oh. especially in different countries, of course, uh, yeah. where there is you know more impoverished economies, and yep. the people that are interviewed, they talk like they don't even expect to see their children grown up and with a job. They just talk as if they're working so that they can have a job. Like they don't even expect to be there to see that happening you know because they kind of like put a expiration date on their lives and that's so messed up like you can't you can't just like wake up make money go to bed and be like yeah whatever like it's not right there is the purpose of this podcast yeah waking up from work is living full-time and what we preach is like i had a freak out moment where i was like i cannot sleep six, seven, eight hours, wake up, work like eight, nine, 10 hours, make some dinner, wash some clothes and then go to bed and then have that be my entire life. I I fucking cannot live and know that that is life because that hit me when I got out of college. I was like, Jesus, there's no way that this is like real life out there. 
And this it was. is the way that take people when they get out of college, they live this way for another sixty years that's, of that's straight, crazy. just like you're like, how much of this life am I living? And that's yeah. like what you're talking about, where you're like hitting these people that are even more than that, where they're like yeah, they're not even concerned about like cooking and making clothes and stuff. They're like they're like, I want to live long enough to make it so that the next person that I have created can also work long enough to create the next person they create. And you're like, Holy shit, like there's way better. more to life it's, than 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 all of these things that we're talking about yeah. right now. This is exactly crazy. it. Just fits into so many so many oh things, God. so many aspects. So that hits you so hard. That has to just totally hit you. Yeah, and that's that was one of the moments where like, what? Like people have been doing this in this industry forever. Like for thirty years, what? I've been doing for this for thirty years longer. Like oh I don't God. care how long you've done this. You've done something yeah. wrong for the longest time, and you never woke up one day and be like. Yeah. In the mirror and like, what am I doing? You've done like, it forever. That's wonderful. It doesn't mean that it's the right thing to yeah, do. Yeah, because like everyone can make mistakes or sometimes, you know, we do things and it has wrongful consequences, but you don't just wake up the next day and pretend that that was actually a good thing. Yeah. Oh, That's just God. so messed up. So that is one of the reasons why, you know, one of the many reasons why we're doing this the way we're doing it. Yeah. Sure. In, in, and it sounds like you obviously have these ideals to you, which is as a person, which is why you've created this. But it sounds like even you might not have even um, set out with that exact thing right away until you start getting into that industry in the trenches. And you're like, I was unaware of how potent this was. And now yeah. those ideals that were resting inside me, now they're up front and personal. I'm like, all right, I'm going to do this. But now like, I didn't realize that this shit was going down and now it's really, exactly. it needs to happen this way. It has to happen this way. Yeah, I would say that when we set out, no idea was this bad. Like you always kind of like hear things through the grapevine once in yeah. a while about the industry. But once we looked in the details, we were like, like Sarah said, it was a choice of just not doing it at all or doing it the right way and doing it the right way took a lot of extra effort because oh yeah like for example on demand you know in itself isn't exactly the hardest thing to do like i could set up an on demand in a very unethical way <laughs> in about a couple hours you know it yeah. would be horrible products it would be super unethical like basically yeah. the opposite of everything that we've been spending all this time doing yeah um, so you can do that. You totally can. But to do it right, it takes a lot of extra time, a lot of research. You, you're going to have to go meet a person, you know, in a place like we said at the factory. Um, it's yeah. a lot more effort. And but I, you know, think it was definitely worth the extra effort. Yeah. So that's something that we think, you know, everyone should be prepared for. It's like you always know that things are going to be a little harder. Well, you as you advance in life, probably yeah. you learn that things are harder than they seem. But sure. in the beginning, when you're new to something, you might think, Oh, this is easy. There's so many people doing it and it's wrong. It's possible. There are so right. many people doing it, but it's not easy. Yeah. Right. There's and don't get me wrong in terms of like, when I'm talking about like creating an online store through Shopify and direct fulfillment and not doing like the stitch work and stuff. I'm not saying that any of that's easy. Oh, no, 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 no you're not. Like, I absolutely, I didn't misunderstand <laughs> you. I'm just saying like. Yeah. Right. Like we, we don't, we no longer because of t 
technology coming to scale have to have a 3,000 square foot facility with 30 workers of our own fulfilling orders to do something that takes three months. We have the ability to work with people all over the world in so many capacities as a team and get things done cheaper and quicker and better than ever before. But inside all of there is a total different hustle. Yeah. Which you guys are aware of because I was literally messaging Sarah last night at like 2 or 3 a.m. And both of us right. are like, why the fuck are you up right now? <laughs> and we're like, I'm glad to know that you're up because that makes me feel better about myself. But also like, why are both of us up right now? I'm yeah. like, dude, I don't know. I, I I went to a movie to go chill tonight to like have that time. And now I'm, I'm answering emails at like 2 a.m. right now. Yeah. And you're like. Oh my God. So there's a whole different type of hustle that's been created. So like, maybe you don't have that like 3000 square foot, uh, warehouse to do it, but maybe you're answering emails at like two or 3 AM after you went out for a movie on Friday night. So it's like, you know, different type of hustle, but not necessarily a lack of hustle in this time period. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yep. 100%. I mean, there's nothing else to add to that. It's just 100%. Oh my God. It's just you. You're constantly mentally working. So even if you, you know, there are things that you don't have to uh, do manually. It just, your mind is constantly forever on. Yeah. Day, night, waking. I don't think that stops. I think if you're a creator, I don't think, I think that's just the way that it is. Yeah. Because I can be sitting there on my vacation. Like I, I literally, like I wanted to detach so much from life that I literally went camping on an island two miles <laughs> off the coast in Lake Champlain with no running water and no electricity for a week where I actually had to take a boat and then bring all my stuff out and then take a kayak from that boat to get to shore because it was so rough for like current and stuff like that, that I had to take a kayak back and forth like six to seven times to get stuff from this boat to the shore, swimming it to shore. Right. So I went that far out. To just disappear and disconnect. And even then, I would wake up, take a bunch of spiders off of me, you know, cook some shit on the fire to, like, make it so that I could have coffee and eat, and then sit in a hammock, and I would just think still, like, what am I doing for the podcast? What am I doing to create for work? How am I going to create businesses? And it's just like, once you've broken that, and you're just, like, that way, it's not going to, it doesn't stop happening. It it just happens at, like, a, a, a lesser pace where it's still chill for you because like I can wake up in the morning at seven or 8am on vacation and I can think ideas and it's relaxing and it's cool for me, but I can't hit email and social and make an advertised video and go meet up with someone at noon and go like all these other things. As long as I can scoop that out of there, it's cool for me to still be like a, you know, a thinker or something like that at 2am after a movie or at 8am on vacation. That's fine. Yeah. It's, it's almost like it's a new type of mindfulness. It's not about um, not doing anything. It's just like you detach yourself from maybe the actual tasks of answering emails, posting social media yeah, or whatever, else, all the million things that you need to actually still sort of physically get done, you know, digitally, yep. whatever, but you actually have to do it. And you can get peace from not doing that and just see what comes into your head, what goes out, what sticks, like sort of reflect on everything and still be 
more peaceful because you're actually taking the time to process instead of doing things right away and then be like, now it's the next thing. Yeah. Yeah. I guess like to your, it's not as good as your camping story, but nothing will ever be. Often often we'll be like working, you know, possibly like on a Friday night or Saturday and just feel like, all right, we should go like take a walk and take a break. Yeah. And then like, 30 seconds in the walk, we're just talking about like other ideas that we want to do. Yeah. And then, like halfway walk. through the walk. It's beautiful out. So business. So about yeah, these like, shirts and like, yeah. like start <laughs> wherever we left <laughs> off. And, we, and then after a while, I'm just like, maybe we should just like try not to do this. And we're like, but it's nice. I'm like, all right, yeah. I agree. And then we just exactly. keep going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it is what it is. It, it doesn't matter if you enjoy the hustle. It's a good thing. You know what I mean? I mean, it's bad when you don't enjoy it. Yeah, it's kind of like once you find what you really, you know, care about, then it, it's not, no one's forcing you to do it. So yeah. there's yeah. such that a huge difference. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Um. So like what on a, because like you guys just launched, this is super yeah. fresh right now at this point. What type of things are you folks going to do for marketing to get people aware of it, because I know that you're going to sell through your website soon. You'll be able to sell through Facebook and through Instagram. What types of things are you doing to make people aware of horizon active and, and make them aware of the brand? Um, do you have like 25,000 hours? In <laughs> uh, I don't know. All right. So let's start from the beginning. Um, <laughs> basically everything ever that I can come up with, that Justin can come up with. We're just going to act on, like, whether it's advertising online, whether it's on Facebook, Instagram, Google, yeah. Bing, whatever, which still exists, apparently. Like, I don't know if anyone uses it, but I'm just <laughs> one saying, guy, like, Yahoo. one person. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> one person's like, Horizon Active, I'm going to buy that right now. Yes, I just found it on Bing. Perfect. Yeah, like, I don't know if that's ever going to happen, but we're going to find out. <laughs> so it's more about just, uh, just going out there and approaching different media types because like one of the things that we feel is that social media is huge and it's powerful and it's changed a lot over just the past five years amazing like, amount. graduated four years ago and i honestly don't even recognize social it's media ridiculous it's, it's incredible yeah it's just so different i mean i remember when i was in college and we were telling businesses to you know, because I was like involved in the marketing association at Plymouth State Mass. Yeah. And at some point, like one of the suggestions were to help businesses make Facebook pages because like that was a new thing back then in like, like, yeah, 12 or something. And now that doesn't even scratch the surface. Yeah. And you like, know what's fucking nuts? I am a part of multiple chamber of commerces in New Hampshire right now. And I'm part of multiple like BNI groups and like in groups of people. And I'm meeting with businesses every week. And I am still in 2019 running into people who are like, yeah, I'm going to make a Facebook page for my business next week. I'm like, you are fucked, dude. You are so done, dude. You're in a bad way right now. Thinking about like, yeah, I mean, I'm going to get on social media next week. I'm like, Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. It's you should have been. You, like, you can 
don't get me wrong, people. Like, if you haven't done that because you're like, you've just created your business and you're creating that now, yeah. that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that, like, if you're not in that game, that game is Google AdWords 10 years ago, right now. And actually, it's past that. It's like very past that. But you, you if you're not there, you don't exist. It's crazy. No, you know? And it's also a fact that, like, just because physical businesses like you know the mall i mean stores there i mean there's like companies going bankrupt left and right that are traditional companies and brick and mortar and all that uh just because those are going away because they don't work anymore it doesn't mean that there weren't elements of that that do work so for example like when you will go to the mall and you go to a store and you would see some product like 20 times in a store before you bought it you know, you had the chance to see it just because you were walking around and the store could have been like, oh, I'm not monetizing. Like, oh, let's just like put this product and put it in the back and forget about it. Let's not advertise this product in our store. Yeah. And then the 10th time that you want to go back and buy, it's not there anymore. That wouldn't have worked out very well for them at the time. Now they're doing different types of mistakes, obviously, but before when stores actually worked. But it's the same thing digitally. Like you could easily set out, you know, some marketing campaigns, some advertising, something, and then freak out over the fact that your ads aren't converting or something, you know, because like people in the industry get very obsessed with little terms and numbers and all of that. And it's not that they're not important, but sometimes they forget about the actual people that they're doing it for, which is their customers. So you actually have to think, okay, well let's give people a way to actually see our stuff, get comfortable with the fact that we exist and we're not just going away tomorrow. So social media is a great way to do that because a person's not going to buy something the first time. I mean, whether it's us or someone else, they need to see it and then see it again and see it again. And, eventually either because they got their paycheck or because they want something new now or because whatever you know stars align in their world then they're gonna go for it but yeah if you if you don't have that place where they can keep seeing your thing that's never gonna happen because you're not gonna be top of mind once they do want to buy what you're selling and even if you have a website that's out in cyberspace no one no one's gonna care no one's gonna know or remember right social media is huge Awesome. So, so website and that fulfills all types of actual ordering and then social media that like keeps reminding people, Hey, we exist. And then channeling people to that website. Right. Also in the short future, people will be able to buy on social media too, but love that. Like shop now on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Picture. I love that. That's really cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Instagram. I mean, for your brand in my head, Instagram's got to be like, that's going to be yeah. such an awesome tool. Yeah. That's going to be Athletic one. Athletic brands on Instagram seems to be such a huge deal. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's only the beginning, right? Yeah. Yeah, I know. And and that's like when like I'm trying to explain to people, like with this podcast, I don't make anything. I lose money on this podcast. But I meet people all the time past what I would ever do. I mean, I obviously met you folks. But yeah. like we're more connected now that we've done this. But like just with everyone, I meet people that I would never have met sometimes because of this podcast that I wouldn't if I didn't podcast. And then sometimes there's people that I did know, but like I never sat down and had dinner with them or I never sat down and like had a coffee with them and having that podcast with them 
is meeting them in a way that like now all this random stuff happens afterwards. And it's kind of the same way with like the other stuff that I'm doing for content. Like just this week, me and Craig Holland illustrations came out with a comic slide. Yeah, we saw that. That's awesome. Yeah. You've heard that shit before, haven't you? Oh yeah. You have I, to. I hit hard. I like this comic a lot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Dres- Dreslin's at the, the cookout and they're like, what are you trying to do? I'm I'm making a, a, an active clothing line that I'm going to sell direct to consumer. And that- they've been doing it for 30 years and they're like, that's not going to work. Get out of here, man. You don't know. And, um, but like I made that comic. So, so Craig and I worked together and I paid Craig to make that. I am about to pay for Facebook and Instagram ads to like make it so that people see that comic. Right, because yeah. Instagram and Facebook have my not made yet children owned by now, right? Yep. And and people sometimes ask me, they're like, "Why would you pay money to do this podcast, then pay money to market, and pay money to make this um, comic book and things like that that I'm creating?" And it's because I truly believe that if I pay right now, that at some point it's going to return to me. And the reason is because of exposure, because like you're saying, you'd hit someone 15, 20 times with something to know that it exists and get familiar with it and comfortable. And now like, you know what, actually that makes sense because of, uh, you know, I'm training for this half marathon and I need this top right now because this is an issue for me. Right. And it's the same way It's like, I think, I believe that if I pay these things, then the people that see value in what I do, will then be able to see it because I'm paying to allow them to see it because people have created a way that they see it that way that I had to pay for and that that will eventually, you know, monetize in some form at some point in my life. And I'm just not concerned with it at this point in time, despite, you know, it's not like I'm made of money. I just believe that that returns in that way at some point. The other thing is, Basically, you're just rejecting the possibility of having a fear-based mentality. Right. I'm not sitting there, how many conversions do I have off this comic book? It's like you can't just freak out over every single, you know, dollar you spend because the other thing that there's to it is you're going to learn a ton of stuff. So just because you do something and you spend money on it and it doesn't give you a sale right there and then, it doesn't mean that you've wasted your time or your money. It's something that goes towards your business. It's something that you will see information that comes back from that and you will learn what to do differently. Yep. It's just, it's just the whole concept of actually learning as you go. You just pay attention and you will learn and then you will figure out to make money. Yeah. Adding to that. I mean, basically you have to have a vision right in the future of how it's going to end up it's not exactly it's not like your paycheck you know where it's going to show up in two weeks unless you like lose your job or something right but it's it's consistently there and there's like probably some timeline on when you're going to get a raise and all these things but when you go and start a company like there's not an exact timeline for everything but really when you do anything new it's that way like yeah businesses aside like i'll i'll Say you're going to learn guitar, right? Like it's not like in the first two weeks, you're going to start whipping out like, you know, Jimi Hendrix tunes and stuff. Like now just I'm playing a show out. tomorrow. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> I mean, maybe some people are, but like most people aren't ever going to do that right, right away. But they see themselves doing that in the future. And maybe like a year or two or later, they are playing that stuff. Maybe they're playing even better, you know, but 
that's just how everything is. But I think because people, you know, got very engineered with their jobs and how they get paid there and rewarded there for some reason, like doing that opposite thing on a business just like throws you off. Like it threw me off. Like for sure. When we first started, I mean, we had to put, you know, money to get started with the factory. Yep. And at first I was like, Oh wow. Like I've never actually put this much money into something in hopes that something better would happen, you know, maybe a year or two or from now I've never had done that. And like, it was freaking me out. And then I thought about it. I was like, yeah, but you've bought in like a $1,200 guitar and that turned out pretty sweet. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Even though that was a short-term pleasure, it's like we do this all the time. You know, like we always yeah. are buying things, you know, for pleasures. Usually it's immediate pleasure, but you can do it for long-term and get a lot more out of it that way. It's yeah. just rewiring. And I, I think the other I thing that. too is uh, it's, I love that. it just helps you actually commit to what you're doing. I mean, That's if true. you, if you <laughs> say you had the podcast and then you just don't put any money into it to do the comics or you know, the clothing line or whatever it is, because you don't actually invest your time and money and creativity and, you yeah. know, effort to grow it, then why are you doing it? Yeah. What's the point to just let it get, I mean, if something doesn't get better, it gets worse over yeah. time. Like you can't just stay idle forever. It doesn't work yeah. that way. So if you actually care about something, then you will be doing yourself a, a you know, the service, not actually investing in it. A mentor of mine said a quote that has always stuck with me. And I don't know where he got it from, but I'm sure that it's some huge entrepreneur quote somewhere. If you're growing, you're green. If you're ripe, you rot. Right. Just saying that, like when I was talking to him at that point, his company was just absolutely crushing it. Like he, he started off working in a Chili's at a bar, right? Like working as a bartender at a Chili's and he bought like, a limo. And he's like, on the weekends, I'm going to go do a limo service. And he did well. And then he hired two people like as a part-time basis and bought two more limos. Then he grew a ridiculous company owned like a fleet of like 200 limos, like in shuttles and everything completely owns Boston. Right. That's awesome. Then grew this company and then sold it. And then he's out of there. Right. And all of that happened because of this mentality, which is, he could have gotten to the third limo and done okay, right? Exactly. Yeah. But if he wasn't growing, then other competitors are attacking him and he's not even knowing about it, right? Yeah. If you're not growing, then you're rotting. And it's not because you're not succeeding. You might be succeeding in your own way of like, I make X amount and I get to do whatever I want every day of my life by doing this. That's still succeeding. But if you're not growing, then things could be shrinking, right? And that's that's such a mentality that I have. It's like, if I'm doing this and it's not getting better in yeah. some way, why am I doing it? Exactly. Right? That's it. I like, believe it. Then you might as well just, I don't know, do something you don't even care about because if you're not going to grow what it is you do care about, it can be slow what growth. are you doing? <laughs> like, it can be slow. Like I'm a patient person. Yeah, and just like absolutely. you're saying, not instant gratification when you're marketing and things like that. <laughs> But like it, there, there needs to be some direction that it's heading into or else why yeah. are you doing it? Yeah. And you do right. have a vision. I mean, whether you, you know, it's a vision that you already have shared with people or not. And, and that vision keeps on growing and changing in your mind because then you get to a certain point. So then you see the step that you can be doing next and then right. next after that. And 
that's how things grow. First, they grow in your mind. Then you actually have to believe it. And then you can grow them in the reality. It will never happen the other way around. Right. You just wouldn't have had that context to do that. No, exactly. You might not have known, right? Just like when you guys hit it with like you're exploring the industry and you're like, wow, I didn't know about the sustainability factors of this. And then like you get past that and you're like, wow, I didn't know about this thing. And you didn't, you're expanding what you're aware of and not aware of to tell you what the right path is. But you knew all along like a basic principle of like what needs to happen. Yeah. And and those principles also grow because for example, when when we started, even with the sustainability angle, we were never like, crazy let's do everything sustainable in our lives like let's let's look up every trick you know in the book to be more sustainable like we were never that type of person which you know not something to brag about but it's the truth yeah it's just the truth but then there was that turning point you know there was a turning point because once we you know we probably didn't care because we didn't know enough and we never exposed ourselves to it and Nobody else exposed ourselves enough or in the right way or whatever. There was a combination of things. And then when that turning point came and we're like, wait a minute, like chemicals are being dumped in rivers and giving kids malformations and then they're going to die before they hit puberty. What? Like, oh my God, that's like, that's, that hits you, you know? And it's like, yes, I might not be doing that myself. I might not be you know, causing such a great disaster personally, but if I just Mm -hmm. let it happen once I know about it, isn't that kind of the same thing? Yeah. You're not at like Marshall's and you're like looking at that like Panda t-shirt and you're reading it and you're like reading the tag on it. It's like, Oh, we'll cause malformations and murder fucking 13 year old children. And you're like, shit, I'm going to stay away from this shirt. You're not like, you're not like living life and like, and like seeing those things. But then like when you jump into it, then it's pretty apparent like right away yeah, and where you're like you're seeing something. things you're like wow my my scope just grew and now i know more yeah. where i need to go all in of like what i need to do to do the I right would, things yeah. i would say like even more boldly like you were just saying like from a customer perspective like you're customer. not that, right yeah. so really it's the responsibility of the companies to step up and do these things yeah. Right. Agreed. Because it's not like every person could be an expert in every single industry and no. know everything yeah. that's wrong about every industry and how to be a better person in it. You know, like that's yeah. an insane expectation to put on the everyday person. Exactly. I mean, like you said, people are going to work, <laughs> coming home and watching like Breaking Bad and eating a pizza and passing out a lot of the time. Yeah. Like that's. <laughs> yeah. Like when when are they gonna like start reading about like yeah. all the issues in the garment industry? They're not they're not gonna be doing that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, exactly. And they probably don't want right, to. Do honey, that, we're like. gonna finish Breaking Bad afterwards. Let's check out that uh, news <laughs> yeah. article specific to the <laughs> garment industry of what we're wearing for shirts yeah. today. All right. And Before we like, do them all next week, let's check that out. It's like <laughs> it's like yeah. Once you're done with that programming, like let's go start looking into like cars and seeing how like. <laughs> messed up that is and then we'll get into the precious metals using phones and how awful that is and it's like people aren't gonna do that to themselves because you and i don't think they should because it's it's an insane expectation like as you learn you'll care about those things but you can't expect someone to learn everything and be aware of everything that's crazy it comes back to the fair statement dude yeah that's such a real fair statement of like how like real life consumer expectations and in real life is because that's that's where you get into it is like 
we all, I think for the most part, all people want to be good people. Absolutely. Exactly. We want, we all want to be good. We don't, no yeah. one, no one goes out there and buys the shirt and it's like, "Hey, let's f this planet up." This is this is yeah, right, I love exactly. this. Like, I've got this brand new purple shirt. I I absolutely love what that ink process does. I like just shitting all over this one country that produces that. No one's like going out there like, "How can I just dump on the planet?" But huh. but like just as we grow and 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 as leaders in whatever industry that you are, you know, like me, like I'm in the audio industry. So I like to try to keep, you know, high fidelity audio. I like to keep real creative where people are creating things and it's something that's from the heart and it's right away. And to do that, I can't expect that, you know, every creator or person in that space is just habitually going to, to, to do these things, right? Like I, I can't expect someone to not be like, Hey, just auto tune it. Or I can't expect someone to just be like, can you just put that in time? Right. Because they're just doing what they're doing in their space. But I, as the person in that profession, in that industry can lead things to be like, you know what, instead of just taking a trigger on this, why don't we go record a snare drum in a hallway in the bottom of this hall? And I'll take a mic and put it in the middle of nowhere to create a triggered snare type of effective reverb. I'm going to go create that. Or why don't we, you know, to create this other aspect of this audio, instead of me just buying the sample and then just popping that in your track, like a million other people have done. And you're going to hear that exact same track. Why don't we go into this bathroom and then literally record this mic with the tile that's inside that bathroom to create this reverb and 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 you have to be a leader in your own industry where you have the profession you have the understanding of what is and what is not possible to lead people to try to create initiatives to do things the right way that like that's such a great point justin like i i didn't think of it that way in terms of your line yeah you know yeah, yeah and i guess that's like something i would say to anyone like getting into industry is like it's a lot of responsibility right like if you're going to be a player in there and you want to do well, I think especially today when anyone can look up any details about your company and how you do things more than ever, yep. there's nothing that you can really hide very well. I mean, even Volkswagen like had that whole scandal, like yeah. they're one of the biggest car manufacturers in the world and they didn't get away with that, you know, like, and it's like, am I going to go up to every Volkswagen owner? By the way, I am one, so I'm kind of like guilty but like i'm not gonna go to like every single volkswagen owner and be like yeah you're a horrible person buying a car from them like no i just think about volkswagen and how like you know you guys had billions of dollars like you really didn't need to do this like it's just it it wasn't worth it like now it it actually didn't pay off and and there is also something else that we talked about so many times that about this aspect of being a consumer versus a company and it's like just just because you know something is, you know, not great sometimes, which also is, you know, first you have to learn why something wouldn't be the best ethical choice as a consumer. Then you have to actually be in the position to make that choice. Yep. Because what if you learn that too late? What if you, you already contributed and then yeah. like you're going around being like, Sweet, like all those clothes I bought like so many times, you know, or 
whatever other product or, you know, even if somebody gets into music, like I, for example, have no idea what any of that stuff you just mentioned meant, like at all. But Justin's but, like, that's sick, dude. Yeah. yeah. I was like, that's a good idea. <laughs> but, but the thing is, you can, as a consumer, appreciate that somebody would actually put thought and effort into doing something. So like the way you talked about it and the fact that you, you know, didn't just, whatever it is that you mentioned, I know just from hearing you talk about it is going to result into something that it's not just a copy of something else. So, right. you know, there is that aspect and then the, and that copying stuff to just resell it is also an ethical issue in my mind, because if you're a company and you're just selling stuff that you didn't put any effort into or the bare minimum, then why bother being a brand? You are asking people money for what? Just so that you could just like go do shitty stuff in the back. Like, yeah, that's not, you know, because even with the whole fashion thing, all these brands that have sold this stuff without actually setting foot into that factory where their stuff was getting made and then selling it to people. What about not only the people that got hurt, whether physically or emotionally during the time of making that stuff, but also what about the the customer that actually bought whatever it was and spent money money. on it? They got ripped off because they didn't think they didn't know what they were doing. Cause like we said before, how could you, you can't know everything. Right. And I like like just bringing it back like a little bit with where you're saying where, you know, people can look up on the internet to figure things out. Now the internet squeezes the bullshit out of everything exactly. right? Yeah. and it's happening in every single industry. So I'm like, so- if I, I, I really believe that if you're not running an ethical business today, then maybe it's not now, but at some point it's going to come out like, like at some point it's going to happen. You know, if you run solely out of the factory that just shits on everyone in the area, that's maybe it's not now, maybe it's not 15 years, but maybe then you become the super brand. And then at some point someone takes, you know, 10 DSLR pictures of that factory and then puts it out. And now you're X brand and people are associate this with you, right? Or your Volkswagen people put this against you and, and, and the internet makes it so that nothing can hide. So yeah. the only way right now to conduct business is ethically. Like, like there's no option anymore. And that's such an awesome issue to have yeah. as a business. It, is. Is it causes stuff that's harder, right? It's always harder to do things ethically because it's not as quick. It's more expensive, unfortunately. You know, just like it's more expensive for me to buy wheat bread than white bread. It's just, <laughs> it's just how it is. But yeah. at some point... Someone's going to find out if you were saying that you were eating, you know, wheat bread the whole time and you were buying Wonder Bread, someone will find that shit out on the internet. They're going to find out. It's just, you can't hide it. Someone at an event or buying or in a store or wherever can literally take a screenshot or be at where you're at and take a picture. And then it's everywhere in the entire world within seconds. There's nothing that you can do to hide it. So you might as well just do things right. Yeah. And as much as, you know, we all wish that people did the right thing without that concern of, you know, getting busted basically. Yeah. It is. It is true. It's like, you know, when doing the right thing is hard, it does help to know that 
everyone would know about it because yeah. it kind of gives you that extra push. Cause like when you struggle, you get weak and you, you might make mistakes just because you start thinking, Oh, maybe I can't do it the yeah. right way. Maybe this is like set up against me, maybe whatever. And then you start, you know, going down all that path of excuses in your head just because you're a human being. And so you're just struggling you're trying to figure things out and you're scared because you're, you know, you hit those points. So having the fact that we are all held accountable now does, I think, add actual value to people's lives because then you have that extra push to get back into being like, okay, well, let's just reset and think back to why I want to do things a certain way, why they were important. I can do this, but it gives you that extra push. So that's, I think that's a great thing. I love that. All right. So now like you listen to a couple of my podcasts beforehand. You listen to a lot of your podcast. Here it comes folks. Yeah. We're going to cap this out. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, By the way, it would be great if you just change all five questions. <laughs> yeah, plot twist. They're all different now. <laughs> like, what's your favorite character of the Wizard of Oz, and why? <laughs> and what relation does that have to you? No, <laughs> I, would, I would just spin it on one, on, like one guess. Have the wheel of questions, just like who knows what's gonna go. Come on down, and then like right on my clothing rack, right here, the super <laughs> ghetto. I have like a well, Alex Trebek comes out. Come on down. <laughs> the wake up for work podcast <laughs> Just crazy yeah. questions that yeah funny um okay so what made you guys pursue horizon active or creating a clothing brand as something that's like a passion for you that like it's so much time it's so much effort so much money to do something like this there always has to be a reason why you feel like you have to do it to create something like this, what made you pursue this thing with this much passion? Okay. There's a, there's a lot there, but, um, <laughs> for sure. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, I've always been into creating things, right? Like music, graphic arts, like always drawing, you know, Dragon Ball Z guys in like seventh grade, like whatever. Maybe it was a little later than that. I don't remember, but <laughs> the point is I was always into creating things and, at first getting into this industry, wasn't really sure like what it was going to be like. And then I saw the creative potential in there and I realized that like, I can apply that creative mindset to this industry in a lot of different ways, like through the marketing, through the photography, through the designs. And it like just started like hitting all these parts of my brain that like those other things I, you know, still do today is like hobbies or just whatever. And it was awesome. And I was like, wait, and this is also a business at the same time. Like, I'm not just doing this yeah, just to do this. So it kind of opened up this door that I had not really seen before. Like before I just did stuff because I liked it. Now I do stuff because I'm going to grow it and, you know, make money through it. And I like it. Like, that's awesome. Like you can have all of that. (laughs) And then on top of it, you know, to speak to like your audience and I guess the title of the podcast you know, like no matter what job you get, you're not going to be able, like, you're not going to be able to do like all the things that you might want to do, you know, at that job. Like, even if you got a job in marketing, like you're, you're not going to have full control over every single thing in the company that you may want to have control over. 
Yeah. Like, maybe you want to take the photos. Maybe you want to do the audio. But then they are like, no, the audio guy does that. And you're like, yeah, but I want to do it this way. It's like, yeah. there's a lot of bureaucracy and like moving parts in a company and it creates limitations. 100%. When you do your own thing, the, the, the blinders, the limitations are gone. And is it puts a lot of responsibility on you, but it's also like completely awesome because you're part of everything. And you're not going to get that in a job. I, I just don't think it's possible. I don't either. Yeah, absolutely. I don't either. And I agree with you. a lot of jobs. Yeah. <laughs> like in, in every job, it seems that I get, I see the same thing happen where like, I'm like, oh, I'm going to do this job and that would be better. And there are things about it that would be better and help me grow. Yeah. Like there's not like negative things. There's positive things that come yeah. with it. But the end, like the way that I, my brain is wired is I need to create over and over and over again. And the only way that I feel that I'm able to create fully in that capacity is by doing it myself. I just ha- I have to do it myself. I have to. Yeah. It's just the way right. that I think, you know, I Absolutely. feel like when that hits you, you're like, you just, you don't have another way that you can, there's no other mode. Yeah. Once you realize that you just yeah. can't go back. Yeah. You know, yeah. you can still be a great worker. Yeah. Oh, for but, sure. Absolutely. But, but in the back of your head, when you get home, and you go start working on something else, like you just feel it. You're like, I, I, yeah. I have to yeah. do this. And like to speak it to like a very personal level, like, you know, if you're having that feeling when you're coming home that you could have maybe done something else, you know, with that day or like additionally, then yeah. you should like, like don't think <laughs> that, that like, Oh, I'm going to switch jobs. And like that void is going to be filled. Like it, it might have for a little bit, but yeah. eventually you're going to have to face yourself, you know? You're not going to be able to like hop position to position. Like at one point you're going to get to this realization, like I got to do that thing that I always wanted to do, or I need to at least try to create something on my own. Like maybe you don't even know what it is yet. And that's totally fine. Like Sarah and I had a lot of ideas before we got to this idea. And it was a matter of picking this one and starting. And I encourage that to anyone, like don't get too caught up in what you already know how to do or what your like favorite hobbies are or anything like you'll be able to apply that to any business. And that's like one of the very fortunate results of what we've done is that I've been able to apply like this creative mindset in a totally different way that I never would have thought of. Yeah. And I'm loving it. It's awesome. Like I think others would as well. The other thing is for me and you know, just one of the many things that we've always talked about during this is taking control of your life. Because yeah. even though you're not going to make money right away, you're not, you know, nothing happens overnight or you cannot make anything happen overnight. Yep. Just whatever job you might ever have, whoever you are, whatever you can do, it's not going to last forever. And when it ends, Unless it, you know, it's probably not going to be on your terms. It's going to be on theirs. And it's like either you implement change or you suffer from it. So, I mean, I think, I don't know, just generationally, but a lot of people before us, they just went to work expecting to be given things and they sort of passed that on to us. I mean, it just, so many times, even on your podcasts or conversations, you know, we've always like went back to that whole college concept of way, is it worth it? Is it not? And all these things. And yeah, it's like, it's worth it if you know what you're doing it for. 
because the concept that we were passed on during college, that one isn't worth it. And that concept was be the if best you person to college, you can be for somebody else to hire you yeah. for your dream job. Yes. Yes. And that doesn't exist. And I just yes. want to say that loud and clear, <laughs> your dream job oh does gosh. not exist. And unless you make it. And and even when you make it, the following day or the following month or the following year, it's not going to be the same. So you're just going to grow and you're going to learn new things. You're going to learn new information, new skills. You're going to be exposed to different experiences and you're going to change. So if you actually do something that brings value to your life, you're not going to stay the same person. So whatever dream job you might think you have in your mind, Either it doesn't actually exist out there or it will not stay your dream job forever. And even if it stays your dream job for a long time, you're still not in control. So they might lay you off or the company might go under or like endless possibilities. And why? To do something for somebody else? Like you're going to make your whole life about that. Yeah, your whole life for someone else. That's correct. Not even in like a, a way that you're like, trying to like just better something for someone in terms of like donating. Like it's not like you're giving your whole life for cancer or something where you're like donating your life for a cause. It's like, you can't just give your whole life to X job. Realistically a piece of paper of an entity that is legal and has a bank account. That is the company who hired you. And then that's, you know, that's just that hurt. That would hurt me, you know? Um, <laughs> I think that hurts everyone. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't seem to with everyone, but I think it does. I think it does too. It's crazy. Because um, you can't just live off of that. So in the process, what is the worst decision you guys have made? Like, what's the thing that if someone else is like, I'm going to go make a physical product or I'm going to make my own clothing brand. What's something that you've learned along the way that despite what you learned from it, you would be like, don't do this. I don't recommend doing that. Yeah. So a big thing was at some point we were trying to get some freelancing help for the design process Okay. Uh, because before we completely learned the skills ourselves of illustrator and also, you know, assembling garments and all the information that goes into it. Yeah. Before we did, we thought we could save time by having somebody else do, like, put our idea into some file, something concrete. And that was a huge mistake because the problem is not necessarily the hiring freelancers is a mistake. I think it's more about the expectation. So we had the expectation of saving time because somebody else was going to know better about our business. Sure. And instead we were completely wrong and we ended up quote unquote wasting. Cause like you said, you always learn from the experience, but we did waste that time and that money because that person, even though once again, they said they had a ton of experience and all of that because you know, they had to sell their service. Yep. They didn't want to actually, make our idea happen. They just wanted to go into their job that day 
do what they were comfortable with and get paid. Yeah. And I'm not absolutely not saying that every freelancer out there is like that. But if you make the choice of going for a freelancer, that can happen, especially if you don't know them personally or if you've never done it before, if you don't know what to expect, if you put too much trust into what someone else says about what the outcome should be, it's always going to be more limited than what you want it to be. What service was that through that you went through? It was, it was the, um, it was the process of putting our artwork onto the pattern. So the pieces of the garment and like lining it up, right. And the measurements and making sure that the fit will go well and all that stuff. And at the time we didn't know how to do that ourselves and we didn't know enough about what went into that process. And so that's why that person ended up wasting a ton of our time because where'd you find that freelancer from online? No, like what service? Yeah. I think we. I don't found, even know. We. I think we found. Oh, it was through, not just on through some Google. Website. Like it wasn't through like Fiverr or no. anything like that. It was. Yeah. It was just like through their um, like their, their direct website. website. Yeah, their website. Okay. Because we were yeah. looking for something specific, so like yeah. yep. many yeah. times, that's where you find it. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, flip side, what's the best thing that you guys have done in the process? We were like, damn, we like killed it by making that decision. That was the best decision ever. Sticking to our values, even though it took longer. Yes, sure. I can't say that any better. (laughs) (laughs) Like, even though it was harder, it was worth it to be able to speak to it, you know, with the confidence and, you know, that we have on this, you know, podcast here and talking about that sustainability angle is worth it. It was so worth that. Yeah, because it was truly very much harder than it could have been. And it took a lot longer. But now you get to go to bed at night. Exactly. That's, that's yeah, you awesome. get to go to bed at night. <laughs> well, kind of. Like, you years. went to bed at like 2 a.m. last night or something. Yeah, well, so like you kind of didn't well, go to bed. Yeah, after but that, you get to go to bed. <laughs> you sleep good when you go to bed, you know? Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, but that's true. It's just, it is hard. And the main thing with that is that so many people just tell you it's not possible. Because they yeah. don't want to make it possible. Yeah. And that's. And then they try and discourage you because they want to satisfy their ego and tell you that they know better and that they've done this before and all the blah, blah, blah that goes on forever. Oh, my God. All of this is that comic. Yeah. All of this is that comic dressed in. Yeah. Right. All of that, like, like that comic was like, like when you go to the cookout and no one at that cookout ever has ever tried to do anything to sell direct to consumer they've never tried to be a musician living off of royalties or, or spotify streams they've never they literally have no context that, that that ever existed no one in their family has ever worked an alternate job other than like working for ford or what no one has ever lived that context and they don't understand it and it's not their fault but they just tell you like that is not possible based off of my own context and pretense and you're like bullshit complete bullshit yeah yeah exactly. stop doing that absolutely stop. and whether they say it because they mean well or they say it just because they only all they care about is just telling you what they think is true yeah the the reality is it still doesn't matter and you should never let that discourage you because 
so what if their experience tells them that it's not possible? Okay. My experience tells me that a lot of things are not possible, but I haven't done everything I could ever do. Like, just experience told people that flying wasn't possible, and then exactly. people created a plane exactly. and then flew off of a cliff. iPhones, smartphones, like, like everything that exists today possible. was possible at some point. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Literally everything. So, so what? legit. Doesn't make um, any sense. So, like, um, is there any book, video, or podcast, any type of like learning thing that you would recommend to the audience, even specific to creating a clothing? Are there any resources that you'd recommend to my audience that would be helpful to them? Um, I guess for books, I'm looking at the title of the book over here, so I didn't forget. I like snatched <laughs> it in the corner because I always yeah. forget names. Uh, Small Giants by Bo Burlingham. Okay. That's the first um, on the podcast. Cool. First on the podcast. Yeah. No one's right. mentioned it yet. <laughs> first. I feel so hip. Justin um, brought it first. <laughs> first podcast to bring Horizon active. First time that Justin bought it. <laughs> so yeah, the book's about um, it's about companies that are small but very successful. Love that. Um, okay. And for you. They talk about this record company, and I, like I said, I'm very bad with names. Um, but there's a record company that was created in upstate New York. I think it was in Buffalo, and they're a really small record company, but really successful because just the way they did things was so amazing. And okay. I won't spoil like that because it's like a huge chunk of the book. But I would recommend it just for that section alone for you. <laughs> Okay, but, uh, I've got like seven Audible credits, so I, maybe I can get on yeah, this. It, it's, it's a great read. Um, and it, it talks, uh, there's a lot of other industries in there that they tap in on. So it, it just really shows that like you don't need to be this massive corporation to one, do amazing things and to be extremely profitable. Awesome. Like, there are some examples in there of companies run by like two people that make millions of dollars. It, yeah. So I, that changes your mindset on what a company is. So I would read it for that reason alone. That's so legit for the modern time. And like, that's like, goes back to like when I was like trying to express to people the way that you're able to accomplish this is you're two people, right? Yeah. Creating a clothing brand that thousands of people have access, like who knows millions. I mean, who, who knows there's, it's it's limitless because it's, it's not you two people that are making a product and that's just incredible that that can happen. It's not, you know, yeah. it's not the 1800s where if you want to make a thousand products and then bring them to a thousand people, you need millions to do that. Yeah. Right. It's, yeah. it's ridiculous. It's, it's yeah. unbelievable. Um, yeah. So and then for me, the book that I would recommend is actually like I, the, the job that I had before doing this was, yes. Uh, selling solar door, and that is the job in which I have learned more than anything else and with that job with that sales training there were also like a ton of books that I read and that they suggested and one of them was sell or be sold by Grant Cardone Mm, yeah he's a monster yeah and he is and it's like it's it's a great book because it helps you shift your mindset and it helps you understand that first of all sales is something that's not comfortable period 
And Definitely. for a, for most people, it's even less comfortable because maybe like, you know, their personality doesn't align or they're more introverted or I don't know, whatever it is, or they've never done anything like that. Yep. But it gets you into understanding why it's so important for you to come out of your shell and really ask for what you want, mm-hmm. ask for what you need, because so many times we're just taught and raised and conditioned to just sit there and be a good worker bee and wait for somebody to come out and just give you this awesome reward. You know, that if you just do things the way people ask you, then there's going to like, someone's going to reward you for it. Yeah. And it gets you to change from that mindset and really own the fact that you want what you want for a good reason and you should go after it. And then it also teaches you how to do that. So it's, I think it's a great book for, for a lot of, I mean, for everybody, really. That is a good recommendation. I agree with you. Even if you're not in sales, people, that is a very good book to just understand the way that you want to communicate your message and the way to approach situations on a day-to-day basis, I think. Yes. Um, All right. So people are like, damn, I'm getting ready for my half marathon and I need some active wear and I don't want to crap on the planet. I really want to be good and I want something in the U.S., you know, how do people keep up with you guys? Like, where do they find your stuff? Where do they keep up with your journey when they want to follow you guys? Absolutely kill it. You know, yeah. how do they follow you? So our name is Horizon Active on everything. So on Facebook, on Instagram, our Shopify store is horizonactive.com. So just go follow us on there and or sign up for a newsletter on our website. But really the best thing is to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. That way, when there is some update, we communicate when we go on a podcast, when we put out a new product or whatever else that we're up to, you'll know right away. Awesome. Okay, so you guys heard where you can find this stuff and keep up with Sarah and Drustin. If you want to see my show notes on this, you will go to wakingupfromwork.com slash Slash. <laughs> Is that a word? Slash. <laughs> show notes. Wakingupfromwork.com slash show notes. And you will see episode 29 and see our notes and these links. If you don't feel like typing them in, you can actually just click on them at that portion on our website. And this video will be out to YouTube as well as on a podcast and micro content on Instagram, because I want to be wherever you peeps are at, because I know that you're busy too. So thank you guys for being on the podcast, Sarah and Drustin. Thank you for having us. We finally made it happen. Everything came together. Live from North Carolina. We're really happy that we made it onto this podcast. Yeah. Hell yeah. Absolutely. All right, guys. So that was episode 29 of the Waking Up From Work podcast with Horizon Active. Go check out Sarah and Drustin's webpage if you want to see their clothing. Uh, Maybe give them a purchase or two if it's something that works for you and you're behind their message. They're great people. I I really want to see this work for them. Um, I'm really excited that they're, they're into this. And I will keep you posted with what I'm doing for my clothing It's going to be very slow because it's just not a priority for me. But, you know, I have crazy ideas and a lot of times I do follow through with them, which is good and bad. So if you are interested in that comic I was referencing, that's been doing really well right now. If you go to at Dave Wake Up on Instagram, 
it's you have to swipe through the photos. It's a it's a little slide comic. It's very small. I teamed up with C Holland Art, Craig Holland on one of the earlier episodes who helped me make that. And it just illustrates a point of don't listen to people at a cookout when you tell them what you do and they question it. It's just about self-awareness and not giving a shit what people say about you when you're chasing your dreams. So go check that out. If you want to see this, it's going to be loaded up on YouTube. I think I went through a lot of that stuff on the reel before I cut to this. So thank you guys. Thank you guys. Thank you guys for listening to this. It means a lot to me. We're about to pass 17 or 1800 downloads, which for me is a big deal. You know, if there's anything that you guys recommend that I go into that I haven't yet, I would love to hear it. Hit me up at Dave Wake Up on Twitter or Instagram and Facebook too. And let me know what you want. Um, I'm making weekly videos. I'm making this bi-weekly. You know, now I'm starting to go out and make these comics and, and other things like that. So I'm trying to deliver content that is helpful to you or it makes you pumped up or makes you think about something or some type of thing for you. So if I'm doing it poorly or if there's something that you want me to do instead, I would love to hear about it. So thank you guys for listening. Have a killer week. I will see you in two weeks. Or from this.